This is Mr. Glasby, and today on Mr. Glasby's HSC Drama Class of 2020, we're discussing old versus new, traditional versus non-traditional theatre. Okay, so today we're talking about uh, the old versus the new, traditional versus non-traditional, uh, and we're going to start the conversation about traditional uh, versus non-traditional dramatic narrative. When we talk about traditional dramatic narrative, what are we talking about? It has lived for a long time, you know, it's not a new thing, it's just okay. traditional. So, traditional. so the idea of a story, what, what traditionally is a story in Western theatre? What, 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 what's the structure? What's the, the um, traditional? A beginning, a climax, and an end. Tragedy. Comedy, com- comedy, yeah, comedy, melodrama, and drama. Yeah, so if we're talking yeah, about, I have all your things okay, if we're if we're talking yes. about if we're talking about the um the the Greek structure and the way that you know Aristotle's poetics have <laughs> have impacted the way we tell stories, then yeah, because again we've got this A to B to C to D to E thing that A causes B B causes C, C causes D D causes E and wasn't it also Aristotle who like talked about the connection of time place unity of time place yeah so Aristotle talked about unity of time place and action and that everything happens in the one place at the one time and and that was from Greek theatre and that's sort of an idea that sort of was sort of came through up until that postmodernism where they challenged this idea of well now why does it have to take place in the same time and although other theatre like other plays might have jumped a couple of months like in Henrik Ibsen's The Doll's House which is an example of a what text I remember oh, what form? No, a doll's house is a form. It's from what form? Absurd. Realism. Realism. It's from realism, That's and right. even in realistic plays, the time jumps maybe a couple of months in between the different acts. But that's traditionally. Traditionally, there is this dramatic narrative. There are two trains of thoughts uh, when when we're talking about dramatic narrative. One is from a form called Russian formalism. Uh, not expecting you to know that, but it's just something geeky I like to put into conversations about literature. And r- essentially, Russian form- formalism or Russian structuralism says that there is the fabula and the sujet. And I th- feel we've spoken a little it bit about this. It's order because in the sujet is how, how it's told. Yeah, that's exactly right. So the fabula <laughs> is that A, B, C, D, E is in that order. The sujet is, like, well, we're going to start with B and then we're going to talk about E and then we're going to go, we're going to jump to C. And they, the, the structure is, is different. And we have all these other structural sort of elements, like we have absurdism, which has a cyclical structure. And so traditionally, if we talk about traditionally pre-postmodernism, there was a little bit of play, playing with the structure of narratives and stories, but not a lot. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't something that was routinely done. Okay, maybe the structure was all around. Like flashbacks or something? Yeah, it might be something like... And, that, and that's quite simplistic. Multidiscipline theatre, though, goes quite a few steps further than that and essentially says to the audience, well, we're going to start with the ending and we're going to show you three scenes that happen at the exact same time, but one scene's a year in the future, one scene's a year in the past, and one scene's happening presently. 
and a disappearing number, when we get to it, you will see that that happens a lot. That there's three time periods, multi-time periods happening at the same time on stage to make one point very clear. Okay? So they really change up the... They really change up that traditional dramatic narrative. Uh, does anyone have any questions about um, dramatic narrative, traditional dramatic narrative? Pretty good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is that just traditional theatre? Uh, so it's it, when we when we talk about well, let's who would like to define traditional because that is we do have to define what traditional means. Um, Orig original sort of isn't it because it's like traditional. Mm, yeah. No, actually, no. That's not the right word. It's what? The beginning. Yeah, I mean, tradition. A tradition is something that's formed over many years. Okay, so it's yeah. it's a tradition is something that's formed over many years. Original thing, existing in or as part of a tradition, long established. Yeah, so it's it's sort of like um, if you look at the way that a family celebrates Christmas. Christmas is a great oh. tradition because if they do the like tradition and every year they have a tradition of everyone comes on the first weekend in December and puts up the Christmas tree then that's a tradition it's long happening and if that gets broken people are a bit upset about it sometimes um, unless there's a very good reason for it to be broken um, so who made multidiscipline theatre? so, so multidiscipline theatre uh, is sort of born out of postmodernism mm. but this is this is where Essentially, they go, well, traditionally, stories are told like this. Yeah. But we're not going to be traditional. We're going to be quite non-traditional. So would they have made a lot of people upset about that? There are people, yeah, great, great, great point. There are probably a lot of people who look, watch a piece of their theatre and go, I don't get it or I don't understand it. Right. It's probably not the most... Um, um, it's probably not the most... Thanks, as. It's probably not the most of easy, easily accessible pieces of theatre because it is multiple layered. And if you don't go into it knowing that's what the piece of theatre you're going to see is, you could get a little bit confused about it. Um, if we're talking about the difference between new in theatre and old in theatre, I'm going to open this up to you guys mm, to start. That's what I did not understand. No, can you start it? I didn't understand that. Old is no longer young. <laughs> okay. Old is... Oh, I wrote fresh tings and what is old is old-fashioned slash vintage tings in my Vintage tings. Okay. Um, <laughs> very close, Sazza. Okay. New is something that is introduced is or produced yep. and discovered recently okay. or for the first time and not existing before. Yeah, so... And that, old is traditional. Good, good, good. The old is definitely... Thing, you know, it's, it's the traditional thing. It's the thing that's been long established. And new uh, is anything that really hasn't been done before that is inserted in a way that makes something fresh. <clears throat> what theatre styles then, what theatre styles and conventions are old and which ones are new? The yeah. structure for traditional because it's uh, with the... With the non-traditional, it would be not so hierarchical and like that's like multidiscipline. Everybody's working together. So you're talking about the the way in which it is created. Yeah, the, the, the process, the, the process, the philosophies, the, the practices. Yeah, good. Mm. So that is a, that is something that's that's quite old. Yeah, is, but 
Well, is is traditionally yeah is is you would have the producer, you'd have the director and the writer, but the writer would be off to the side. They probably wouldn't have much input in the play. What are new conventions or what are old conventions? Well, the conventions. Um, we'll Ooh. get to the conventions, but we'll just finish this thought on hierarchy. Is that uh, yeah? Hierarchically, a theatre company has artistic director, and it, it, all the decisions are made up here, and the actors just come and tweak little bits and pieces. But you're right, multidiscipline, which is a new practice and it's a new way of doing something, is very much all about, okay, everyone has an idea, everyone has a say. Cool. Um, What theatre styles and conventions are old and which are new? So if we're talking specifically conventions, Mm. what conventions are new? Because we're not talking about postmodernism here. Because postmodernism is what? What are the conventions of postmodernism? Everything. Everything. Intertextuality, yeah. Yeah, you can take... You can take intertextuality is probably a really good one to talk about as a new convention mm. because it really wasn't being done before, like uh, before postmodernism. Um, and well, you would be... like, Greek thing of including, like, myths and gods and stuff in intertextuality because they're already established outside of the play. Yeah, it's... It's intertextuality, but not not to reveal a hidden truth about society. Okay. I think so that's it's the just big difference. Yeah. Um, so, what are some other conventions that you think? Now, remember that a convention can come from elements of drama or ele- elements of production. Ooh. So, what things in elements of production do you think are Tension. new? Well, oh. the, the production. Mm. What production? Mad lighting. Yeah, like LED lighting. Yeah. That's new. And mad smoke machines and stuff. Special effects. Uh, yeah. Confetti cans. And like screen projection. Projection mapping is a huge part. Mapping. Yeah. Projection mapping is a huge part of multidiscipline theatre. Sound. Uh, Sound design. Because like I went on a tangent when I was researching yep. and I found, what's his name? Yershev Brodsky and like his whole poor theatre. Oh yeah, yeah. Would that be new? Because it's not like new as in like, oh, it's like found in a new thing but it was like dim- completely different from what other people were doing because of the way he presented his theatre not yeah exclusive to staging design and because it's used now like we use it when not was he practicing of- when was he practicing he was 1970 yeah no, poor theatre was like 1959 to yeah. 1970 when he, he was doing it and he he really pioneered a lot of um acting practices that are still being used very yeah. much in postmodernism. Because his whole thing was like focus on acting, minimal props, and it was a lot of stuff for like used in drama schools now because it was all about um, focusing on act- acting and like not having big costumes and it was all like just wear black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we which are is, a lot of which when you look at like anyone who's doing a parody mm-hmm. on drama like Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. <laughs> they just they're just wearing black and it's just like and like lighting and stuff. And it's so mm-hmm. dramatic, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this idea of minimal, like this idea of minimal staging, you, you're right, is new because in the past people would have elaborate backdrops. I mean, anyone costumes. who's seen costumes, costumes would be amazing. Makeup. The makeup would be fully. Um, whereas now it's like, well, you can be three characters in the one night or you mm. can be 12 characters in the one night. Yeah. It's up to you. It's up to the play. It's up to the director. Well, they so, just, they yep. just, like, have one person talking for the entire time. Like, yeah. They don't yeah. do much at all. Like, yeah. um, Seawall Life. Did anyone know about that one? Mm-hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Is it? Four I thought it was Gyllenhaal. No, it's, it's Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if we if we were looking at a terminology tree, some of the conventions that that we would put as being new would be LED lighting, um, you know, smoke machines, projection mapping, even to an extent overhead <clears throat> projectors. <clears throat> overhead projectors are still a new technology because you know, seventy five onwards, we're talking postmodernism. Um, theater is like two and a half thousand years old in the west in the east it's much older than that okay theater in the east yeah so i want to i want to actually delve into this a little bit so what do can anyone remember what kabuki theater is it's chinese stuff like scary masks and traditional, is it very traditional? Yeah, so it's very, a Japanese art form. Yes, Kabuki Japanese. and no theatre are yes. very, very similar. Um, kabuki is, yeah, it's very masked, masked theatre. They're very rigid, very structural. structural, um, And they have, like, symbols. So each movement is a symbol that it can be translated. Um, or what's what the difference between representational and prison... I forget. The, the yep, so we'll, yeah, so we'll get yeah, we'll get to that. Um, so well, well, representational it is is you could put a tree. Presentational is traditional. Mhm. Mm mm -hmm. So presentational theater is very traditional. Uh, like the tree, tree is the tree. Yeah, like they a prop. A trump, a tree. Representational is okay. Don't worry. It's representing. No, you're under a really good yeah. thing. So you could put like a chair there, and it could represent a tree. Yeah. Yeah, or a boy, or like there's one. There's a there's a play. It's but a postmodern play called uh, <laughs> The Christian Brothers, and it's it's one man on stage, and he plays a priest, and he's a priest who used to like you know how um, priests used to teach. Kids, and we're not mm -hmm. going to get into anything else around that <laughs> because no, because there was a lot that weren't like that, so you mm. can't you can't tar them. Tar them yeah, the you can't brush. say all priests. Mm. Like but but years. this whole thing was about him trying to educate a kid, and the kid throughout this entire play was a chair, a wooden chair mm. on stage. That's the kid cool. was a chair. Well, yeah, the kid. That's was, cool. Like, so they represented the kid by having a chair, and he would get out like he would get the uh, the, the strap or the cane yeah. and, and beat the chair, and oh, you felt cool. sympathy for the for the chair. Characterizing um, the chair. Yeah. So so yeah yeah. Well, that's a, that's another convention is that props and puppetry are intertwined now. Like there used to be two separate forms. Puppetry can is a discipline that can be you know amalgamated within multidiscipline um but yeah why why do you think kabuki kept coming up in all your research well I, i'm trying to remember what page i saw it on i was thinking i think it was wiki pages that i saw this because i go to that a lot but um <laughs> no probably because i was looking at traditional theater oh and there was a lot of turkish stuff mm -hmm. turkey theater mm. but like i was like you know what I can't be bothered to read this whole seven-page document because I don't even understand the first thing about it. But probably because it's older than Western theatre and like oh, true. oh my god, like some of like the it just looks so much prettier. You know? <laughs> Rush, you've like, you've yeah. you've nailed uh, you've hit the nail on the head with two things. The first thing is yesterday how uh, tells you asked about how does different cultures fit into it. Yeah. yeah exactly it's, it's a framework that's mm. built for discussing other cultures but second of all when when they're looking to challenge traditional dramatic narrative and traditional dramatic structures 
and the way that theatre is made, they're not going to Western theatre. Yeah. They're going to Asia. They're going to the Middle East. They're going to Africa. They're going to um, you know, Indigenous cultures. Why do you think that is? Because storytelling exists... Oh, because those kind of cultures have closer ties to their past and the whole storytelling thing. Mm-hmm. Because theatre is a form of storytelling. Yeah, because if you think of, if you think of, for, well, a really good example of this is that Indigenous culture, um, their stories do not necessarily end with, um, with the ending. So the ending is not necessarily the ending of their story. And there it's is, the beginning. Well, it could be the beginning, it could be the middle. Like, it, it's the way they tell stories is, is dependent but it, de- it depends. The way they tell their story is dependent on what they're trying to say to the person at the time, which is mind-blowing because in, in Western culture, in our, in our, especially in our English classes, we are told that the structure is beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. And that's not in Eastern, Eastern culture is not like that. Like, you can go to a piece of um, no theatre and no theatre might go from 12 o'clock in the afternoon through till you know 11 o'clock at night Ooh. and yeah and and you're <laughs> you're okay ah, I just messed up my head and you're okay it's okay if you just stop and have a snooze in the middle of their performance <laughs> and that's culturally okay why because they know that the story that's part of the story is not engaging you that's fine they'll move on to something else so it's quite are you going to miss out on anything it's, it's quite interesting huh are you going to miss out on anything like with the story like, would you not understand it if you um, had a dose? Well, that's the interesting thing, because most of these are based on, like, really uh, big legends. Mm. You're not going to miss out on it. So you can just piece it together. You, well, yeah, and because you will know, oh, you'll know that oh, that character does this, mm. or you know the, you know the gist like of the it. Like the Monkey King? Oh, oh, my God, there are so many adaptations mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Monkey King. Literally jump. Sorry. Donna is pretty cool. It's basically a monkey who ate too many peaches, mm-hmm. and he became really strong. Is that strong that show? Monkey. Yes, so then, uh, I've like, seen that. Got like a band put around his head by like, a monk that. or something, and it like closes in because it's naughty. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I love that movie. I mean, it's sure. like it's like teaching him morals and ethics and stuff. And, he, and he he's goes hilarious. Around with a, like Curious a pig, George. Yeah, I was gonna with say. a pig and ah, Bigsy. <laughs> yeah. oh my, and something oh. else. Who's that? Sandy? Is it Sandy? No. There's Might be friend. an Western thing, but yeah, and he, and he flies on a cloud. He's awesome. There's like a flying cloud thing. And then there's um, that like person Dragon on the horse. Ball. Yeah, he's like Dragon Ball. Yeah. Okay, but awesome. I loved the question where it's like, oh, you have to do um, Goldilocks. Cool. No, so yeah, let's go. Let's let's have a let's have a discussion. If anyone who um, actually did this, I want <laughs> I want you to tell me what your rewriting of Goldilocks and the Three Bears when you're challenging dramatic narrative. What does that look like? Like this. Okay, um, so give us a give us a gist. How how are you challenging dramatic oh, narrative here? So, I challenged it by subverting the story. So Goldilocks isn't actually like a little brat. She's just a tired person who's bleeding a lot. That's what she so, was in the first place, wasn't it? She wasn't bleeding in the first. Place. No, but well, like she was just tired, and everyone just made her seem bad. Sorry. Yeah. Continue. Well, oh, yeah, she was looking for food. And then it, it jumps in straight up. So she's, like, eating, and then she drops the bowl, and then the bears come in, and then, because I was like, oh, a theatre's for entertainment, so I'll tell, make the dad bear be doing saying something educational to the baby mm-hmm. bear. Mm-hmm. He was teaching him how to summon fish. 
Okay. <laughs> so cool. he was teaching in the salmon fisherman, Miss Bear, Mrs. Bear's, like Mr. Bear. And so I had it um, represent, right? Yeah, representational. Wait. Yeah, representational that whenever Goldilocks stands still, she's invisible cool. on stage while that's crossing it. her fingers. That's a, that's a thing. Um, and then, like, yeah. But, and then it was like that happened, and then, like, I didn't get it really right that much, but then it was like, and then it's like gonna jump to Goldilocks fighting the pixies because that's how she got like bloody because she was fighting pixies. So it's a flashback, or like it's, it's a, it goes Yeah, and then the bears are watching her do it in their wow. house. Oh. That's mad. Cool. Uh, anyone else? Did anyone else have a go at it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't it. know how if it's a pop no, you go first. No, 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 you go first. No, you go first. No, you go first. Okay. Alright, Tom, go first. <laughs> 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 that is... <laughs> Very busy. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I um, want to see, actually. So basically I had two versions. Mm-hmm. One of them... I could probably mix them together if I had more time, but I couldn't be bothered. Um, so <laughs> um, I was going to talk about how, like, generations have passed down the correct correct way to do things mm-hmm. the mother and father teach their boy their habits but if things don't change then everything would be the same boring and some may miss out on opportunities so basically that's how you know sort of like how they go on their walk and leave their porridge like that's okay. silly and um then i sort of changed it because uh i i found a new idea and i was like this is cool so um a girl walks into a cave seeking adventure she finds that there is food that looks to have been hunted by a large animal. She continues to search for um, a place to sit and rest in the cave, but all she finds is a few rocks that crumble down when she sits. So the girl keeps looking for a place to rest. She finds a, so- um, a soft, squishy surface, and it feels like a great place to nap. She really should have taken that into account, that it is not the best to walk into a dark cave not knowing what you can find in there. So she gets eaten by the bear. And fall asleep on anything. Right? Yeah. She sat on a bear. Yeah, she's she, she lying on it. Mm-hmm. So, so what you've done there is you've rewritten it and you're challenging the, um, not necessarily the structure of the narrative, but you're you're challenging the very, like, the, well, you're, you're, take, you're removing from the bears their ability yeah. to talk and build furniture. Yeah, like the thing is, yeah. they live in a house, yeah. bears. That's yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, Saz, what's your, what's your one? Uh, I don't know if it's proper, but like, let's just sauce it. Let's um, just go with it. Three bears. <coughs> I don't know how many bears it is. I just have to say, three, what? No, 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 you go, it's all good. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. And <laughs> three right. bears go wandering in the forest and stumble upon a mansion. They have with them a picnic basket with only enough food to feed themselves. All the lights are off in the house, no sign of any like, chance put out the front. They are extremely curious of what the inside looks like because, the, because they become so fascinated with the outside and they decide to let themselves in to find this middle-aged little woman with golden locks hugging her knees on the kitchen floor lent up against the fridge. She seems to be rocking back and forth and looks like she is nothing but skin bones and tears. They conversate to find out she was absolutely nothing but the pretty exterior of the house. They all sit down and share food. Okay. That's so cool. Interesting. So, so you're, again, what we're, what we're doing here, that. though, and the question I do want to ask, though, is 
is what we're doing challenging tradition or are we subverting like are we because at the moment what we've done is we've got three really good postmodern plays mm, yeah mm. okay and he, you're right because the reason yeah, I got I'm you to do this I need you to yeah like, and this is this is the point is that postmodern play isn't necessarily multidiscipline well it's not mm. it's not it's really not like <laughs> oh. whereas whereas now if we took your idea anyway. and we're your idea and your what idea and we well, yes it, gangster that's multidiscipline. Yeah. so you would have at the same time you might have somebody going through a house and then like using projection in the background there is a wildlife documentary of a girl going into a cave oh, but at the same so cool. time you've got the bears like uh, are showing what what happened you know a week ago where they went to a house and found this middle-aged woman and suddenly because you've all contributed to that it's no longer a postmodern play we're now starting to get into a multidiscipline approach mm. to presenting a postmodern play we okay so you, the approach mm. is like Mary said yesterday um, is above the form because mm. let, let me let me throw it another way the way they approach yeah, by the way they create it and the way they yeah, produce it. So if we... Let's let's think for a second. If I was to give you all... Um, what is a play? Let's take Greek theatre for, for... You know, that moment where in Greek theatre... Where we did the um, Agamemnon. Agamemnon? Mm. Oh, we, is that what I'm yeah, Agamemnon. Yeah. 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 I forgot it So now, let's take that one, because it was essentially all about, what, challenging the gods, yeah. and it was about, mm. like, All these elderly people, war. yeah, these elderly people who got left because mm. they couldn't, yeah. they weren't, like, wor worth anything. Yeah, mm. so we, so the form is what? Greek theatre. Okay. Greek. All right. So how would we take that play and create that play as a multidiscipline piece? Put that whole play into our society now so 2000 okay Ooh, is that 19. is that a multidiscipline approach that's mixed modern. Modern. yes it's good postmodern. modern yeah you could make it that the gods are actually the seasons and that it's the people who are coming back are like the, there and they have to teach the younger children how to make song panels okay up. So yeah, yeah, you can you can one hundred percent do that. Well, they're amazing mathematicians or something. So at the I moment, what you guys are doing. To it, so let's 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 challenge work. let's challenge traditional um, dramatic narrative for a second. So in that we know it's a comedy or a tragedy. Sorry, it's a tragedy. We know it's a tragedy. We know that throughout the play, we know that they're going to eventually spiral down. What could we open the play with? Them as their lowest. Yeah, so let's let we open the play with the most exciting moment. They have what could everything. be? Yeah, yeah, they have everything. Yeah, they have everything. Um, or it could be, you know, the death scene mm. at the end is playing at the start. And then you go back and explain it. Yeah, and then you can explain it, but maybe that death scene keeps popping up while other mm. other things yeah, like to really show cool. that it's happening. And at the end, it changes the end scene. What could, could it, we it finish, project? It finishes the end scene. Yeah. It could be different, play. like, deaths. Like, if he was to choose this path, this could be, like, yeah. Awesome. Now Ooh. we're starting to get, like, it's still, we're still in the realm of postmodernism, but we're starting to really challenge You them. could project the setting, like, yeah, what you could setting they're in to get a mood. You could go a little bit further. What's the whole theme of the play? The whole theme of Agamemnon. You, you yeah, you said oh. about the old guy, like, the, the elderly. The elderly, they're being left. The elderly being left. Event. What could we project on the background backdrop while some of the elderly oh, are getting Oh, old faces. Old, uh, of who? Of who? Of God. 
Well, no, no, it, no, it could just be. I forget what Agamemnon is. If all of you go and find an elderly person that's impacted your life, find a photo of them and then project that while all of these things are Game of Thrones where they have all those faces. Oh, my grandpa has the most amazing face for that. Like, so, dead same. Dead. My stepdad does. Before Sasa said faces, I thought I was going to say, put an old retirement home. I was going to say, I was going to say <laughs> the people who left on a ship just going like, away. You, know you, yeah. Those I need to get photos of Because then it's, um, because actually that challenges it traditional yeah. because of um, immersion of play. Yeah. Because it's like completely out of context. But it's like a thing and you're like, oh yeah, my, my nan's down at the retirement home right now. And you could get, yeah, that's exactly right. Because you could also then get like some, um, like Four Corners or ABC News reports about how people in nursing homes are being left. And like even this morning, even this morning there was a, there was a report saying that um, staff at nursing homes were forcing dementia oh. medicine well, on, yeah. on them so that they could... Um, Control essentially controls that there. You could play that happening. Yeah. I was watching a Shakespeare and Shakespeare episode last night. Do you know? Which one? It's a British murder mystery. Mm. They're private investigators, and they were in a retirement home yesterday. All right. <laughs> well, you just gave me a good idea. Let's 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 now try and apply um, multidiscipline theatre to Romeo and Juliet. Mm. Multidiscipline theatre. Okay. We know, and so let's take a really famous speech, and everyone knows the opening speech, which is two households, both alike. Mm. <laughs> in fair Verona, where we lay our scene from ancient grudge, break to new mutiny, a pair of star hands unclean, a pair of star crossed. From those, you guys know it. You guys know. It. <laughs> yeah. How can we make, make that more poignant using oh. multidiscipline? Puts Australian slang into it. <laughs> okay, so that's postmodern. We're Australia, still working on the Australian slang. You make it the two houses are two like uh, um people in like how like oh, yes. yes. Um. So again, we're we're looking postmodern at the moment. However, the process of creating that was an I was a collaboration just then. Woo! So the like, approach. It's totally like it's totally multidisciplinary because mitre ten is a different discipline theatre. <laughs> or the way we just collaborated <laughs> was multidisciplinary. Okay. The drill bits. Knowing the drill bits is a discipline. Good. So you could so. get somebody oh. who works at Bunnings to come in. You could have the smell of a sausage sizzle outside. <laughs> You can yeah, have somebody, actually cooking the sausages. You can have somebody actually creating the houses as it's all put together, a natural handyman. Yeah, you start to get multidiscipline there. You have to be a sad Would multidiscipline be like someone literally building a house on stage? Yeah. Could that be a play? Yeah, that could that be actually build there, there is a play sausages. called, I think, Gary's House or something. Gary's House. Yeah, and all the way through it, he is creating... It's not multidiscipline, but all the way through it, he is bit, literally building a house, and the house that is, is built. full on. Um, That's really cool. Yeah, so it's pretty pretty darn cool. So how, how do these things, though, how do these things challenge traditional theatre? Because it provokes thought. Because it's traditional. Because it's not traditional. How is it not traditional? Um. Because of Australia. Because of. Did you say Australia? Because of Australia. (laughs) Why are they not traditional? Because they're not like the theatre that came before them. Yeah, yeah, I mean... But what is the question? But the, it's, it's very much... The thing you need to keep in mind with multidiscipline theatre is that as long as you are... As long as you are including everyone, 
which is a practice of mm. multi of, of Simon Magoni and Complicite. That's a practice. It is a practice. As ah. long as the philosophy is that we are going to challenge traditionally how stories are represented on stage ah, by okay. m- never just having it linear, or if there is a linear, then it's mixed up with other stuff. Mm. Um, and by also making sure that the theatre that you produce is m- like layered to the extent that other theatre isn't. Okay, and again, it's 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 rebelling against that Western idea of unity of time, place, and action. Um, any questions? So let's let's go into question and ver- answers. What is dramatic? Minute. Oh wait, what was it? Dramatic. In a minute, we're ready to finish. Oh, I wrote it down. Um, dramatic, dramatic. Narrative. Dramatic. Yeah. So dramatic narrative is just the way the story is told. Oh, okay. So it's the story in which we, you, you put. Wasn't oh, okay. that a dot point? Yep. Yeah. I didn't get many dot points from that video. Beautiful. I literally just got the list of like. Yeah, same. Um, I, I'm hoping that that was a little bit easy, like the yeah. idea of what traditional was, because we have done a lot of traditional theatre, so we, we have done Greek, we have done, like we've looked at Shakespeare, or you've, you've had an experience of Shakespeare, realism we've looked at, um, and so traditional dramatic narratives shouldn't be such a hard thing to get, because we've looked at those conventions. And postmodernism, oh sorry, that's all good. So postmodernism is definitely about challenging all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else that, that any other questions before we finish? Think, oh, think I'm there was the whole thing of like, so like you know how like there's mm-hmm. a whole like the forms like yep. naturalism and stuff. Oh, yep. I like naturalism as a form. Naturalism. I don't great. know naturalism, um, but yeah. What's the next? What's the next part? It was the whole thing that like they're all different from each other. So which one could be classified as traditional? Because like you're like different elements in all of them that are essential to them so like which one of them are traditional or is it just traditional elements awesome awesome so and that's that's where i think this idea of traditional conventions and like convention what what are some assumptions i think we i can answer that question by asking this question what assumptions do we make about theater that we watch that it's going to end. We assume that what? what it's about. That it's, it's going to end. That what? We assume what it's about. What's yeah. going to happen we, in it? We assume that it has a structure. We assume that it's going to entertain us. Assume we assume the ending? Mm. Well, we assume that okay. there's going to be a climactic ending. I assume Hopefully. there's going to be monologues and mm. spotlights. Okay, mm. we assume there's going to be lighting. Six. We assume that, that this theatre, we're going to enjoy this experience. We, ass- be in it. we assume we're going to be immersed. We assume we're going to see... A character on stage either singing or dancing or acting mm. and telling us a story mm. and they're the assumptions so yeah mm. so those assumptions have been created over many many years and so regardless of what conventions you're putting in there they're holding true to those core assumptions of what theater mm. is multidiscipline goes yeah nah. <laughs> you think that you think that's what theater is well we're gonna do it a little bit differently you're still gonna see yeah. a character on stage I was gonna say, how would you challenge that uh, when we look at a disappearing number, mm-hmm. it, you will see that the way they challenge it is by never having a, like you, just when you think you've got the play figured out, mm-hmm. they shift it. 
Mm. And they shift it by going, well, now we're going to give, like, we're going to start with the story of Ramanujan, a mathematician, and then we're going to shift it to a university professor and the boy she's dating. And then we're going to shift it to her in India. student she's dating? Well, no, no, he was just a guy who got lost. Um, (laughs) And then we're going to shift it. Yeah. Thinking about Indian smart people, did you hear, not an Indian, but an Indian, some French lady and some other dude won a Nobel Prize for economics. Mm. There was a lady in the first like 30 or 40 years mm. won a Nobel Prize. And she's mm. the youngest Nobel Prize yeah. winner. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So again, and, and part of the philosophies and practices of uh, multidisciplinary theatre is to invite all of these other people in and you cannot you cannot have the same dramatic narrative or same dramatic structure if you're inviting all these other perspectives because maths doesn't work the same way that theatre does science doesn't work the way that theatre does um, dance doesn't necessarily work the same way that theatre does so you know there there are pieces out there that are multidiscipline that the whole way that the multidiscipline has been you know structured the dramatic narrative has been structured has actually been based on the Fibonacci sequence. So they they gave the beats and actions of the play different numerical thing um, values and then created their play based on that. Yeah, so it was a really, and so the beats and actions are very, you know, unique. Are there any questions before I press stop? Yes, would you say that Multidiscipline is both an approach and a form. It can be. Yeah. It can it can create new forms. So the approach of, of going towards creating a piece of theatre can create a very highly What's visual form. What's another example of an approach? Uh, another approach would be method acting. It's an approach. Mm. It's an approach to acting how where you, you yeah yeah it's how you do something. So you can use method acting in any play. But it's going to suit realism better. The how they're going to approach making the play. Yeah. 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 Okay, so there we go. That is uh, that is today's uh, podcast. Uh, next <laughs> next time we are going to be discussing Simon McBurney and complicity. Yay! Yay!